All right, ladies and gentlemen, and all the denizens of the internet, welcome to the first episode of Sages of Sigmar. I'm Tristan. This is Martin. And I'm Joe. And we are your hosts, uh, going over everything Age of Sigmar, wargaming, and everything in between. And on the subject of Age of Sigmar, who buddies are going to be a lot to talk about for the next month or so? Definitely a ton to talk about. Um, so, basically, in the news, uh, a little segment we will call the Sage's Divinations. We have uh, several things about Age of Sigmar 3.0 coming to us. It's going to be a doozy. To quote the great Samuel L. Jackson, hold on to your butts. So, um, in the news, pretty recently, we've, we've had a bunch of previews about things. The things that most interest me uh, are a couple of things dealing with heroes and monsters. So your whole army. That's not only <laughs> why I am most interested in that. I actually like it for everyone else's armies, too. For context, Joe plays Beast Claw Raiders, who are all almost entirely monsters and or heroes. I, I have... A couple monsters that aren't heroes, and a couple things that aren't monsters. But very few and far between. Yetis don't count. They sit on objectives, sir. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I'm just, like, I'm interested because there were multiple times where I felt, especially in some of the earlier editions and stuff, that heroes weren't very heroic. They weren't able to do a ton of things. Now, once per turn one of your heroes can do something much more heroic than normal and even during your opponents can possibly even though they're not a spellcaster say uh-uh-uh sorry <laughs> yeah that definitely helps with a lot of the armies that are missing um, the wizard keyword yes hint hint uh, slayers um, Insert dwarf here. Yeah, so... And the fact that now... Insert the dwarf where? Oh, no, don't <laughs> go there. Uh, there's an axe on the other end. And it starts, ladies and gentlemen. But definitely um, having the ability to just at least attempt to unbind a spell is definitely a very helpful thing for a lot of armies. Um, also, with the addition of the priests being able to uh, banish... In uh, invocations is also another one that's that's quite a super it, it's extra bo a spicy bonus there. It's taking a keyword that previously just kind of like oh it's there it exists and making it do more. Again, the tagline of the isn't the tagline something like heroes more heroic, monsters more monstrous, or some variation yeah, thereof. I believe that was actually what they said. Um, so yes, uh, so. If you want to know the basics of what they were, uh, you have the heroic actions of, hey, you can generate an extra command point. Hey, you can do the dispelling. Uh, an interesting one, their finest hour, once per battle, uh, you can add one to save rolls for that hero and then add one to the wound rolls for attacks made by that hero until the end of that turn. And then Heroic Recovery, that hero can just heal for free. 
It's it's yep. your only use of that heroic action during that turn, but it can keep a he key hero alive in order to secure you the win for the game, and that's really cool stuff. It it's they're kind of for those of you who played old fantasy. I did a little bit. I'm not sure about y'all. Nope, I did not participate in fantasy. It turned old fantasy turned into what everyone called hero hammer, which on paper is a blast. You get to have these amazing heroes with super powerful weapons, just recreating like Lord of the Rings in a way. But it got out of hand real quick, especially thanks to a certain stunty race called Dwarves that you could have almost double the cost of the hero again in magic items and make him literally unkillable, unstoppable murder machine and other variations thereof. But I think they're doing it right by instead of each hero breaking each hero, it's only once per turn. They're still getting to do the cool cinematic stuff, which I absolutely love. And they're still restrained by their war scroll. Yes, the Anvil of Apotheosis exists, and you can make some absolutely broken things with it. But if you're doing any sort of competitive play, 99 times out of 100, it's not going to be allowed. So It's not allowed or even isn't as good as several things that already are in most of your armies. Well, also, Gotrek exists, who's a 3-up, three 3-up, three that only takes a damage per whatever. Yeah. And you just get to heal him for D3 on your hero, in, in either hero phase. So Correct. So this this unkillable dwarf became more unkillable, and same applies for Marathi. Nope, Marathi cannot heal. Oh. Thank the gods. <laughs> I have only played against her once, and I kept her occupied by throwing twenty bone reapers that respawned in her face, and said, "Eat this." So I never had to deal with that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank the Lord they thought about that. And then <laughs> monsters. So you have. Ooh. Monsters get the ability at the during at the end of the charge phase, any monster that has done a charge can do one of four things. Each of them can do it, but each action can only be done once. Roaring, making it so that an enemy unit within uh, combat range of you can't deal with uh, can't issue or receive commands in the following combat phase. That's going to be great dealing with anything from uh, a fighting twice uh, Flesh Eater Quartz Terrorgeist to a Bone Reaper Shield Wall. Bone Reaper Shield Wall. Shock. Or a Gold Star Lodge that can uh, that can fight at the start of the oh, hero phase. Harmdar Lodge. Harmdar yes. Lodge. I'm yeah. sorry. And and then. Uh, so things like that, and then um, finally, as as mentioned, yes, battle Just shock battle phase can't can't get the free uh, mm -hmm. pass of the command to that test. I said run. Oh, I'm gonna No, I said run. Yes, uh, you can stomp to just get some free mortal wounds. Uh, if you get another enemy monster, you can have the Titanic duel. Uh, you can add one to hit rolls. For attacks made by this monster that target the enemy monster until the end of that combat phase, or if you notice that there was the uh, the really heroic 
the the hero can uh, at their finest hour, and the Titanic duel. If you combine those, you get plus one to your hit roll, plus one to your wound roll, and plus one to your save rolls for one turn against whatever it is that you're wanting to target that is a monster on the enemy's team. This is this is Marathi. Be still, my fluttering heart. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, so fun times are available for heroic monsters like my own, and then smash to rubble. You, everybody can do their own, you know, uh, gatebreaker gargant impression and can destroy some terrain that's either got uh, defensible or if it was a faction terrain, can destroy that so that it's no longer available for them. Yeah, um, I will say like monster monster heroes or hero monster with monsters definitely got a big buff on just on that alone um just having the ability to go in and we still don't know exactly how the reactionary stuff is going to happen so that roar could also be additional uh utility with oh. just denying them the ability to shoot on the equivalent of overwatch i guess or probably not in that sense because uh the the roar happens at the end of charge phase and we don't know when directions happen you're you're 100 right about when we don't know exactly how the reactions happen though i would bet that that happens during the charge phase because it'll be after being charged most likely is your trigger for getting an overwatch of some sort or possibly but it'll be Everybody uh, gets handgunners. Yay. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, uh, you know. Handgunners at least hit something. I want my bony I want my bony archers. I want my bony archers. GW. I've seen you can do it. The the Underworld's Warband exists. I want my archers. It's, Sorry. What happened? It's all good. I'm home. I'm back. What happened? I blacked out for a moment. So so then there were a couple other things. Um we have the Wizards and priests, oh my, holy crap, <laughs> like they're getting some massive improvements. Endless spells getting to move multiple times, uh, or on each hero turn, phase, yeah, each hero phase, and then more importantly, they can be controlled. You cast it as long as you have wizards to go one for one, they're yours, period. Well. Specifically, as long as the casting wizard is still within thirty of it, or that's, that's the that's the little keyword they've kind of, mm -hmm. or a key thing they put into the uh, the sentence there. Otherwise, they go wild. Otherwise, yes, they go wild, and they go back to the old ruling of "you go, I go; you go, I go." Which hey, which maybe works. maybe this is because Teclas stopped that necroquake and put Bone Daddy in his freaking place. <laughs> I mean, you know, he dispelled the liquid really joke. So I Nagash is a petulant child. <laughs> um what? I I mean that one hundred percent and you can argue till you're blue in the face and Nagash may like that, but I won't. Sir, I play <laughs> Death Armies. I a hundred percent agree. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> But on that note, um, if anything, it will cause wizards to actually be targeted. Because um, a lot of times people will ignore a wizard for the most part. It's like, okay, they're there only just to put this out, and that's about it. Um, so now, because of this, 
ability. Essentially, everybody's getting, in a way, a bounce spell, sort of. Um, I think Seraphon is get, definitely getting stonks uh, uh, on this. <laughs> because, buy, buy, buy. Yeah, it's buy Seraphon, people. Just get that drain magic spell off and just tell them to tell them no to those spells. Or better yet, get the or bind, bind endless spell and say, no, yeah. no, 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 this is mine. Yeah. I am the captain now. New, yeah. new Croak is going to be really great. He's getting back his old rule from version 1.0, where uh, you just had to do some damage to him, and he could potentially go away, but that was at 10 wounds. Now he's at 18 wounds. If you could yeah. do 15, he's definitely dead, because they're having to roll 3d6. You can't roll, roll, roll lower than 3. But it's interesting because of the way that he can just kind of twist it around from the new Kragnos War Scroll for him. Kragnos book War Scroll for him. And uh, he's just going to heal because his body doesn't matter for that. Well, it doesn't exist. I mean, he just believes he's there, so he's there. And you remember the Kobolds as cute little puppy dogs. Yeah. And speaking of healing all the way up, Alario. Yeah, she new Alario. She did get an upgrade on that that part of the mixed the with the heroic action. It's like, all right, I'm gonna heal two d six. I took fourteen last round. Oh, cool, I'm at twelve. All right, I'm gonna do the heroic action to uh, heal. Oh, I healed another two. Cool, I'm back in full. Yep, deal with it. Heroic. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna be a monster again. And honestly, I I see Seraphon maybe coming back to where they can at least be competitive. They were they were hurting for a little while. But with her leading it, and the Warsong Revenant, and uh, some... you mean Sylvanet? Sylvanet. Yeah, right. I can't speak well. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sylvanet. I, I was like, wait, <laughs> Lizardman being led by Alariel. No, I, 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 I meant, I meant Sylvanet. I'm okay. sorry, guys. Anyway, I do see Sylvanet coming back to being more competitive, and at least matching up. Uh, I said it again. No, I didn't. No, no you did. You got it right. You, you okay. got it right this time. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, I kind of... I was expecting more, I think. Um, yes, the thorn is good. Like, just get some auto murdered. That's cool. Kalima. Um, but outside of that, I mean... It needs a little more something. I would say she's definitely not pointed well for what she is. Either she's not pointed well, or for a few more points, you get Kragnos. I mean, well, another thing to consider with her <laughs> is, like, yes, she's a little high, but she is getting you 200 points currently before any points updates, summoning for free. So, functionally, she's in the 500s if you look at it that way. Right. She, she brings the unit for free, whether you go with the... The Tree Lord, the Kurnoth Hunters. Or the Dryads. Yeah. The Dryads, whatever, what have you for that. And in addition, is a force multiplier for your army because she's a free mall pot per turn for the army. She gives a D3 heal to everybody within the army. So that so that um, ability still stayed. That stayed in okay. addition to her healing herself so, 2D6. Okay. And yeah, she doesn't have a feel no pain, but she has a 3-up save. And she has 16 wounds with the ability to free heal 2d6 every turn. That 2d6 is essentially a feel no pain of a different type. Um, 
And then, of course, she can also bring out more of the new Wildwoods, which are pretty great. Yeah, um, it's an upgrade for sure. It's a single tree. It actually fits on the board now. What? It, it can be It can be the single tree. It can be the, the triple tree. However you wish to bring it out. Yeah. And the best part of the new Wildwood is Sylvaneth aren't affected anymore. They, You can put your Karnath Hunters there, and they can hunt from the woods. You can, you can do a lot of things. It is now no longer okay for flying to be able to see into it, but monsters got that. And as, as a monster truck player, I, I love that idea. But um, also, I, I think that it is better than, like, if either party is flying, you just ignore it entirely. That was weird. Yes and no, but it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, we've gotten a little off track because we went from news to what just released, but eh, well. I mean, it's kind of one and the same. Yeah. But we back on track to news and previews. Um, The Shiny Boys, the Stormcast, got some new toys. Yeah. Uh, Thunderstrike armor is definitely on the menu. Um, the mystical uh, figure that has shown up that was retconned by GW after they early posted their article. Uh, cough, cough, Grugney, cough, cough. Uh, so, hashtag <laughs> Grugney Watch <laughs> is on uh, on the field right now as he has helped them uh, make the the Thunderstrike armor that lets them blow up. If I believe... Blow up like, better. They blow up better? All of... My understanding... Okay, so Blaze of Glory that they previewed, um, basically any Stormcast Eternal, when they die, you roll a number of dice equal to their wounds characteristic. Adding adding one to the roll if they're in Thunderstrike armor. Oh. So Thunderstrike, do it on a five. Everyone else does it on a six. Take mortal wounds. So if you charge in with a big scary monster with like six wounds left into Thunderstrike, kill all five of them. You're probably rolling... Enemy's going to be rolling anywhere from 10 to 15 dice. We don't know how many wounds they are yet. I'm assuming it's two wounds each. And every five or six hurts you and could potentially kill the monster right back. Stormcast yeah. got shenaniganry. That's not evocators or adjudicators. Yeah, uh, it's I'm, nice. I'm it's sort of looking... Yes, absolutely. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it's about time... Yeah, yes. Stormcast definitely needed a uh, pick-me-up for sure. Because I'm looking at the uh, partial war scroll that they revealed for the Annihilators. Uh, with them having three wounds, so that's... If one is slain, that's three dice on a five-up mortal wound back mm-hmm. explosion. Yes. Not not a, not accounting for any other mortal wounds that now can sling. With uh, blazing impact. Apparently everything's blazing now. Um... So them being able to just, after they set up on the battlefield, on a 3-up for each enemy unit within 10 of the unit, suffers D3 mortal wounds. And you can reroll charge rolls for the unit that was set on the battlefield in the same turn. Hammer, go. So, Bonk. literally Hammer of Sigmar just lands on, lands on the field like a comet, blows everything up, and then goes in and charges. Yes. You and like so a- you get the rerolls at 9 inches... Or if you bring the other new hero that was previewed, you can say that for free. Uh, this is... I just... The Lord Imperitant. The Lord Imperitant 
as the Guided by Lightning that can allow them to set up seven from enemy units instead of nine. Only one unit per turn. But when it's a unit of dudes with a two-up save, three wounds each, we don't know if they have a feel-no-pain or anything like that, or can get a feel-no-pain, that do the potential damage they do, does it really matter that it's only one unit? They have, they have the two-up save. They have three attacks each, so nine, ten attacks for a minimum-sized unit that do two damage on three-up, three-up, rim minus one. And also get a free Ogre Maw Tribe's monster charge. You roll, you, if you roll the dice equal, to, uh, you roll the dice equal to your wound roll, or your, your charge roll, and for every four-up, if you have the full unit of three, you do a mortal wound. It's... You, you bring three of these guys blazing from Azir, and you can just kill, like, an entire unit before you even get through anything. Were they screening something? Three of those charges? Hey, each of you gets now a pile-in after you finish that charge move, as long as that doesn't change in the new edition, into the guys that they were screening behind, because you've already killed the ten measly guys at the front. Which, on the subject of screening, and it's going to be real quick... The changes to unit coherency. I have been watching all the online forums just about have conniptions, trying to figure out how to get that unit of six or more coherency thing to work. And me having, like, I also dabble into 40k. I know. I'm a heathen. I know. I'm, I apologize. Not at all. <laughs> but, like, the coherency thing is just... It cuts down the shenaniganry of, I'm going to mask off the entire thing, so half of your abilities, Stormcast Eternals, don't work anymore. Half of your abilities, Fire Slayers, aren't going to be effective at all because I am going to pick where you show up, not you. With a unit of 20 dudes that costs 115 points. Oh yeah. So that is a change I think is healthy for the game. It'll help avoid some of the, uh, let's call them issues that exist, and some of the shenaniganry that exists. Don't get me wrong, shenanigans are fun. I play Bone Reapers. My entire army is shenanigans of some various type. I acknowledge that. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think that it's a, a solid choice to, to update this and bring in, though also I don't think it's very friendly for... Several other types of bases, especially, like, say, were I to want to bring my Mornfang pack, yeah. any anything on a Cav base, actually, the, the new Blood Knights for Soul Black Gravelords, units of 10 for those, you're basically now, if only seven of them can attack no, no, no. per turn. You can get, you could get eight of them. You, you, you're, you're leaving a very uh, unprotected middle, if you do that. Double Bear Claw. Double bear paw. Four up front, and then the dude in the back. So that the eight in the front yeah. wrap around the two, and then you pull from the sides, so that way you don't have to worry about it. And then once you get down to five, then you can pull the guys at the back. I, you're still losing fighting still losing dudeness, and also it's due to them only having... Cavalry, take two. So calves basically, like... It's just awkward, at the very least. Um, I I mean, 
a four-man unit of Morphine Pack is still going to be fine. Uh, a five-man Blood Knights is still going to be fine. And bringing minimum-sized units can definitely be good, especially if you get, you know, you're going to get more champion attacks, like my guys will get to bring more guns and stuff like that. But, and, I mean, some of the lists are bringing, I think, nine Gorgruntas for, oh, yeah. for Iron Jaws and stuff like that. And that's just not something that could function anymore with the new well, it's way also, things work. Well, it's also preventing people from just hoarding up, especially on cavalry. Because now we're, like, for example, the Gorgruntas, uh, when you have nine of them all charging in, you can get them via spells, obviously. You put them in, in the right spot, that way they get a clean charge. When they get the charge in, all of a sudden, these end mass mortal wounds happen on a charge. Mm -hmm. So just like your, yeah. your monster trucks with the uh, with the Mornfang and everybody else, um, it just makes it where they the alpha is so high, there's very low counterplay. But now, uh, with this coherency thing, we actually have everybody's playing Lumineth, essentially, because Lumineth's uh, Shining Company is the equivalent of the coherency rule. Yeah. More restrictive, but in essence, yes. Yeah. People are going to have to... People that are used to just slinging their models up the board and not thinking about coherency outside of, am I within an inch? Cool. Are in for, in for a little bit of a rude awakening... Again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Correct. Again, I, I just wanted to comment about how it's at the very least awkward, especially for Cav and other larger size bases that are in units if you go anywhere above. To, it, it, to essentially Tokyo Drift. Talking about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deja vu. So, some, of your, some of your best choices are to basically drift into enemies rather than to actually uh, charge, charge head on. Yep. And that's just kind of funny and dumb, but I'm here for it just the same. I mean, it works. Um, and I mean, we had Thunder Tusk booty charges already, I so why not have Thunder Tusk belly flops? Yeah. I mean, that's mostly due to just model Early design. In the 90s. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um... But it definitely, right. it definitely makes it where if uh, GW seems to be forcing everybody to be running minimum size units, and with that and the multiple champions, and with issuing orders now, yeah. it's causing you to actually spend the more command points that you're getting. Because, mm -hmm. God forbid, you lose the, the one key guy, and it's like, oh man, you know, I really need to burn this command point right here, right now. And it's going to make you burn more command points, whether it's all attack, full on defense, and etc. Um, but also on that too, um, it's making armies like Sons of Behemoth even better, uh, because you can pick up models, specific models, so you oh, can yeah. break coherency much easier. Uh, and get in my belly! Uh, speaking of getting in belly, uh, the, what was the name of the big dragon in Stormcast? Uh, the uh, Storm Drake. Storm the Drake. Star Drake. The Star Drake, yeah. Star Drake yeah. automatically eats a model. Um, so... Yeah. For the most part, all these model-specific spells, abilities, yeah. all those attacks—they're just end way up being more important. So if much somebody more. is being bad with, like, if if they're stretching too far on their coherence. Oh yeah, the 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 classic bubble wrap around the big monster make a big empty ring after you defeat it. 
yeah, it's you know satisfying, but also pick the right person, and then all of a sudden, half the unit goes away. Yeah, yes. or more than half, or more than half. Dep well, depending on the size. If the if your opponent is smart, they will pull du the minimum number of dudes if they're tired and not paying attention. Yes, they might wind up pulling more than half their unit, mm -hmm. but. It, that, it all depends. That daisy chain ends at five. At five. So if they make a daisy chain and you pop the edges, it just unravels like a sweater. It's true. Yep. Until you get to whatever clump you left. Right. Or yeah. five. But there was a lot of stuff to go over, and we're going to discuss more as it comes out, as we get more news. But... Um, we will be right back with the Sage's Machinations and Pointser Scroll. So we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and we are back with the Sage's Machinations. This is where we're going to talk about our hobby updates, things we've painted, things we've done, things outside of actual, necessarily 100% tabletop gaming. But we're gonna let Joe kind of uh, talk about that aspect a little bit more because joe what did you paint not a damn thing and that's going to be a recurring theme on with joe but he has a wealth of resources for everything else hobby related such as so this week i have taught um two different people how to play age of sigmar um honestly going over a lot of the rules for their army uh some had gotten in like a couple turns of other games and stuff, but was really letting them get into it and learning how to do this. Um, and then also, uh, along with that, I played another game teaching how to play Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, there was a good bit of learning for me again. I, I've, I've played one. I had played one game prior to that, so like. I had experience, I remembered it, but it was still a little fuzzy, so I was very much so referencing that rule book all throughout that night. Um, but yeah, taught how to play two different games along that, and started up a new D&D campaign. Having some fun with that. Nice. Are you excited about your new uh, crab and fish uh, <laughs> models for Underworlds? I am, though I'm not hundred percent sure if I'm going to be the one to get uh, to get it here since we're still running into low allocation for a lot of this type of stuff um, I'm excited for it and I would love to have it especially even for just having a crab and an awesome piranha angler fish thing yep. um, but also if there are others that want to get it to play with the underworld, I'm understanding and will totally let them have that. How dare you be understanding? <laughs> or let them have that. Uh, it's probably going to be in my hands. Let's let's be real. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, on my end, I was mostly painting. Um, I was painting the Curse City models. Um, I ended up uh, painting the uh, Cleric and the Party. Um, did some Underworlds uh, models. Uh, the Crimson Court. Um, I painted the. Ooh, God, what was his uh, name? Uh, Lightpost Hammerman. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> Lightpost sized uh, Mace Man. 
with convenient um, chest window for stabbing. Is this is this like Underworld's version of Jax? Imagine if he had a real weapon. Uh, yes, <laughs> he just doesn't have like that weird hat on. Oh, okay. um, I may or may now that you mention it, I may or may not actually do that to him and, <laughs> uh, and put that hat on his head. Um, although it would be uh, it'd be neat. Um, and uh, along that, I also started painting some of my fire slayers. Uh, seems like they need a new paint job. Um, I've been working on the Rune Father on Mangrodroth. The Mangrodroth has been done for the good part of uh, the time, although it hasn't been run in any of my lists. Uh, although with the Hopefully new changes, that changes. Yeah. Hopefully that changes. Yeah. Hopefully now with the new changes, uh, I can actually you know field them without feeling like. Uh, they're overcosted for doing uh, next to nothing. Also, um, who cares about that dwarf on top? You care about the shiny metal dragon. But, but he does the thing. I I know. I'm messing with you. I like I like your magma drop and look forward to eating it more often. <laughs> Nom. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I've faced you enough. You, I, that's what you usually end up doing. I also like the work that I've seen. Uh, on your, on your rune father. So definitely looking, looking sweet. Most definitely. Awesome. Then, on my end, um, again, continuing the theme of painting, I am ninety-five percent of the way done with repainting one of my units of Bony Boys, one of my Mortec Guard units, and I've got Xantos built and base coated. So now I'm on the point of making him look pretty, and also. I finally got my FDM filament printer back up and running. So I can actually start 3D printing things like movement trays, thank God, terrain, little measurement counters and all that stuff. All the, the, the bigger things that a resin printer is not necessarily ideal for. The stuff that requires a little more structural soundness, shall we say, because resin is not the most, let's call it uh, durable of materials. <laughs> yeah. Directly referencing when I have watched a model I just printed uh, pop off of the build plate, go flying over my shoulder because it was stuck and I had to scrape it off, and bounce off the floor in about five pieces. Oof. Yep. Yeah. And it was a... It was an 18-hour print. Ouch. Sadly, that stuff can be quite brittle. <laughs> yeah, it was not fun. But... After looking at him, I realized one of his arms hadn't printed, so I would have had to reprint him anyways. Well, if anything, it saved you time? <laughs> yeah, I just went and <laughs> hucked the bits in the garbage can, didn't worry about cleaning it, and just... Well, I cleaned it. I cleaned the floor where the liquid resin that was still on it got, because I don't want to step on that. But, uh, yeah, so that was fun. But that seems to kind of be the hobby update for the week. So, next thing we got going on is uh, still working on a Sage-themed name for this, but uh, right now it is Points or Scroll. We're going to talk about uh, various units in the game that are not in the best of places, that have some issues, and it's kind of discuss whether it is a Points issue, a, an actual issue on the War Scroll, or if it's a combination of both. So, the first unit that is up on the docket for today. I think all three of us can agree are some of the most gorgeous sculpts that GW has made in a hot minute. 
I wish they were better. I love them. I do. I wish they were better so that they actually saw the tabletop more because they are so pretty. Well, air quote pretty. And those are the Slangor Fiend Bloods. Definitely. Uh, so I, I'll open up with my thoughts on these. I definitely feel that the issue is not points. I feel the issue is the scroll. What a treasure. Let's bury it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Martin. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like it could use more damage and a better save. And honestly, if I was being 100% honest, I would, I would like the 4 plus save and 4 wounds on those things. Just just two damage on them, up the save, and possibly up the wounds. I'm undecided on that. I 90% agree with you. The save doesn't bother me as much because it keeps in line with the theme that Slanesh is squishy. They do need to be... I do strongly feel they need to be four wounds because three, it's a little too easy to pick up entire models quickly right now both of their damage profiles basically need to go up by one in my opinion and if they did that again keeping in line with the book and the other things that exist in the hedonites i think that would put their points cost at mostly okay i still feel they need to come down 10 15 points but without changing the war scroll the only way gw is going to get them on the tabletop is to literally drop them to 100 points or less with their current, in my opinion, they probably need to be eighty. And honestly, I, 50. I, I hate that thought because, like, sure, that 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 sells more product for GW if they just do the points change. If people even find that to be the most effective thing, but with the new unit coherency rules, the the way things are going to work just how much it will cost in order to buy that many Slangor Fiend Bloods to make use of them at that points drop. It's just, it's Impractical. really not the way to go for that. Um, at least in my opinion. Just to make sure, how big is the base for the Slangors? Is it like 40? It's 40-50. Somewhere in that range. I don't in remember exactly range? which one. Yeah, because I'm trying to understand I think why. they're 40s. I'm trying to understand why it's a range to attack. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for me because you because it's a big sword. Well, that's it's, understandable. They, I mean, model wise, they given stand taller and in general have that extra reach. Um, it's it's more of the mechanics of it. I think. I think on on, the, on paper it doesn't. It's not sensible. Um, but definitely the only big change that I would see on the current war scroll. Um, I'm looking at the obsessive violence uh, instead of it being at the end of the combat phase to have it be at the start of the combat phase mm -hmm. where you just pick an enemy unit within three and roll a die for each model in this unit uh, for each four up that enemy unit suffers a mortal wound so essentially just have it where this happens at the combat phase because they're obsessed with violence they can't hold fast. it they can't hold they're it they're very in. quick well, yeah. Or supposed yeah. to be. So, well, mm, yeah. They're, they're, they're moving eight, they're, but beyond... They're twice as fast as a dwarf. 
So I'll say that. That's yeah. not a high bar to get over. Nope. But it's... Uh, how could... <laughs> You you Fair can't you can't case. do this with with a high bar because the dwarf can't even reach that. The dwarf will just plow through it. <laughs> <laughs> he he can't plow through it. It's still too high. He's still no, run under. I'll, I'll just pick up the bar and beat you with it. <laughs> On the subject of dwarves. <laughs> The next unit we've got, and we're probably going to let Martin take the lead on this one because he knows them way better than any of us, the Volkite Berserkers. Uh, yes, so Volkite Berserkers are the uh, the sons of the Rune Father and all that jazz, and they're all kind of loyal and lovely. Um, they're one of the three units, yes, that is correct, uh, the three units of the army, um, out of which... You can build them in three different flavors. One of them is a pair of axes. Another one is an axe and shield, and then you have pike and or, or pickaxe and shield. Now, the interesting part with this whole unit is that all their attacks are one inch. Outside of the throwing axe, which we don't speak of, uh, they move only four. The only good benefit that they had compared to the old edition was that they added a wound. And they have an ability called a Berserker Fury. Once uh, that once per battle, uh, they can choose this at the start of the combat. Uh, that any time any of these units are any of these models are slain, they get to fight um, uh, before being removed from the, the board. Um, but I would I would rather run my Hearthguard Berserkers over them any day because points wise. These guys are 140 for 10 dudes. So that is uh, 20 wounds for 140 points. Pretty solid. I have a 5-up save. Pretty solid for uh, Slayers. For a naked dwarf. 4-up uh, if, if you give them a shield. The shield is kind of nice. When they, char when they charge, they throw the shield. They do fancy things. Uh, and wounds and they charge. can do a mortal wound on a charge. And you pick within 8 who they sling it into, so that's really good for potentially snapping a certain someone that's behind a wall of chaff. Um, the only downside with this unit is um, their survivability is very low, and especially now with the new coherency rules that we've sort of sp spoken about, um, there is no feasible way of me running them in my army because makes hardcore berserkers way more efficient how many points because are, of the range right because of the range uh hardcore berserkers are 120 for five but their damage output is uh greater exponentially higher because compared for example the the, the a straight uh, straight comparison would be the fire steel hand axe with the pole axe both of them have two attacks apiece, three up, three up, no rend, one damage. Pretty, pretty sizable. Except that the Poleaxe has the ability of, on a six, deals two mortal wounds in addition. Correct. Very strong ability. And that extra inch of reach. And, the ex and also an additional, yeah, additional uh, inch of reach. And also, hardcore Berserkers have a feel no pain. So currently, the way you are leaning on this... It's it's almost never points for them. Yeah. It is strictly scroll changes needed to make one of your 
three potential unit options in your army worth bringing to the field. For the because you can just make your Hearthguard Berserkers battle line and... And just go with it. Yeah. yeah. So this one is just simply just one single change. And that single change will be increase the range of the weapon by one. That way the unit can at least fight in two ranks. Didn't they have a... Uh, in, in their previous book... Mm-hmm. Didn't they have the uh, six up feel no pain because of their glowing rooms before? Yep, that ability was present. Um, it was. It's it's taken the, away because now they have the two wounds, right? Isn't they that? have two wounds, and also in addition to that, they have the ability now to fight upon death. Um, also, the ability then was up to ten models will gain a six up feel no pain. Mm-hmm. More than ten, up to twenty. Uh, gain a f- becomes a five up. That's right. Anything above twenty is a four up. So, and that unit also had max a 30. maximum of thirty, which was also discounted under a horde discount. So, previous edition, it was we would run thirty man blocks of these boys, and we would just come on marching down I re- the parade. I remember fighting that. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been a it's fun minute. It's a target that never dies, yeah. uh, but, but they were a one moon model, and I think yep. that's what was the that was the big sacrifice, I guess. Honestly, not that we had a choice in it. Honestly, if I were to make changes, I'm I'm wholeheartedly with you, especially with the new coherency on increasing that range. Um, think that should happen for more than just them, just due to logistics of fighting in this edition with the new coherency, um, but also. I'd love to throw them a six up, not the increasing, the the normal, feel no pain. But I'd love them because of the glowing tattoo rooms that are right. like part of the, the fire slayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to throw them just a six up, feel no pain. That would, you know, throw them a little bone and and make it okay. I have the four up, feel no pain, while near heroes for the hardcore berserkers, or the six up all the time, right. and. And you know, okay-ish damage on on them for yeah. more for more guys that do less damage per hit. I was always them. surprised why it was just the Hearthguard and the Volkets at the time that they had the feel no pain. Yeah, because all of them have the runes. So why would you not have it for across the army equivalent to how Death has their thing with? Um, daughters of Cain and daughters of Cain mm-hmm. have their you know fanatical yeah. uh, resistance and all that stuff. So why not apply it to the whole army? But given now with the new priests, there is the prayer for giving something a six, six up, up ward, six up ward, as, which as is what we believe the ward is. I, did anybody get any confirmation? They they have not said what the ward is. I imagine it is that. I There's a voice in the back of my head that is concerned that is the old school, old fantasy ward. Because in old fantasy, you would have your armor save, which dwarves could easily get to a zero plus armor save. Yes, you could do that. A roll of a one still fails, but you could get to a zero up and counteract stuff. May, may I just interject real fast? In old fantasy, a ward was just somebody that you had that was underneath you. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. I hate you. But yeah, you yeah. would have... 
I'm just saying we we don't really need to like. Just, I, I get it. I, I'm giving just, context for what my concern is. Yeah. You had that, then you had a feel no pain, then you had a ward, then you had a regenerate save, and then you might have had something else. I don't think we're gonna have that. They they've been streamlining a lot more things here, in the additions and stuff, and I, you you can't have more than one source of a feel no pain. Yep. So I, I doubt that they're going to add anything of that sort mm -hmm. into the game again, uh, just to assuage <laughs> those potential fears. Archeon definitely uh, fixed oh, yeah. that issue, which is uh, yeah. Uh, if for anyone that didn't experience that, um, four up, five a... up, five up, five up, six up. Was that the order? I think so. Or yeah, yeah. Something along something those along lines. those lines. Depending whether or not it was a mortal wound or a regular wound. So, yes, uh, you can definitely have a nigh-unkillable character. But speaking right. of saves, yes, I can go into negative one save currently yep. with, uh, with what, whatever these possible new command heroic actions yep. allow me. But um, just one last thing on the subject of heroes, because we're running a little short on time for the segment. Um, for me, I wanted to bring up the Mortis and Soul Reaper. He is the Grim Reaper-looking dude for Bone Reapers. He, his War Scroll is not bad. His points for what he does is not bad. This is an interesting situation where, for 10 points more than him, you can either take a Bone Shaper, who gives you a heal, is a Spellcaster. He's a Spellcaster too, but you can take the Bone Shaper that can just pass out three free heals, three dudes standing back up every turn, or a guy that could park next to Catacross and heal him for three every turn just because, or an entire unit of ten Mortec Guard. This is not an example of necessarily that the hero is bad. There are not necessarily issues with the War Scroll or his points level. The issue he falls, the problem he faces is he becomes redundant. He's a decent guided missile, okay, but he's a he's a five inch move, four up safe, five wound character. Yeah, it's I'm I'm looking and I'm just like, yeah, this is this is fine, but it's kind of boring and and doesn't have a lot of synergies with your army. And you just said the operative word synergy. Bone Reapers are an army that, in my experience, are most effective when you build around the concept of everything helps each other. He does not help anything else at all. Yeah. If he did something where, like, he kills something, he provides a buff to the guys nearby, cool. Immediately, I am thinking about putting him in the army now because he offers buffs to my blenders, a.k.a. the Mortec Guard. Honestly, I'd love... Um... A possible repurposing of that towards buffing other potentially underutilized units to to help out, say, uh, the what are the the stalkers, big, big shield boys? Oh, the Immortus the, Guard, the Immortus Guard, or the uh, Necropolis Stalkers, or the Necropolis Stalkers, where you know he's he's a basically a Grim Reaper. Put him in with your bigger dudes, the guys that do that have more wounds, and make it where he can pass out higher wound count heals, or something like that, rather than doing it, and, and rather than single wound models, 
and and you know push in a different synergy direction. It's again, he's in a weird spot. Yeah. Of he is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. He is solid. Everything else in that book at his point level though better is better. Right. So I just wanted to bring this up to show that yeah, it's not necessarily an issue of these war scrolls are broken. They are bad. They are terrible ideas. GW way over point costed them, even though all of that does happen. In situations like this... And it was at this point that we completely missed the fact that everything stopped recording. And now, back to the conversation a few minutes later after we realized that. Now for our main subject of the evening. Playing to your meta. Now, meta is a term that gets thrown around a lot by a lot of people in any hobby, any sort of gaming hobby. What's a meta to you? I'm, okay, Timon. But, um... <laughs> why is that what broke me? Why did that break me? Who knows? <laughs> Just like but, the trains one. <laughs> Choo-choo! But, anyways, so... A meta is essentially the state of the game as far as what's being taken, what is being played, um, how it's generally being approached, and and any other thoughts or comments on that, just so that way my ramblings might have some coherence. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so, like, uh, obviously, a, a meta does change based off of whether it's your your local meta, you know, the tournament scene... Uh, which isn't even always all-encompassing because not all tournaments get reported to that sort of stuff. Um, and there's also the global but, and, one, but, yeah, the, because the internet is vast and great. Yes, yes, and everybody the, loves to share. There's the theory so. crafting across the internet for all the different things, but um, it, a meta essentially is what you are playing in, the environment that you're playing in. And what we're talking about today is playing to your meta. Um, first off, you kind of need to know the type of players that you're playing against, um, both as regulars at your store and any new people that come in if you're playing at the store level. And then if you're going to a tournament, preparing for the tournament level that you're going to be up against. Yeah. So who's in the meta with you, essentially? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, boils down to who your peers are in the in the local area, and then if you go outside of your local area, like out of state for a tournament, like mm -hmm. uh, certain someone that is going to uh, the two certain of, two someone, sir. Two, two of us, uh, Tristan and I, are going to the Lone Star Open, uh, in, right outside of Dallas, kind of like we're right outside of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> Where are you from? I, to Atlanta. What do you mean? You're, uh, why are so many people from in Georgia from Atlanta? <laughs> it's because true. it's easier. <laughs> it's true. But it's yeah, so we're going. Time. We're Tristan and I are currently in the process of preparing for the meta that we're going to be encountering there, and also prepping for the changes that will happen with 3.0 to what we're bringing. Well, well something else to <laughs> think about later. Um, but we also play to the meta around us. Like, when I was playing, um, and it, this 
some some people have these two dirty words that you think of whenever you talk about playing to someone. Uh, if you know what they're doing, it's called list tailoring. Yeah, it's uh, stacking the deck. Stacking the deck in your favor. <laughs> but sometimes, list tailoring isn't necessarily the worst thing. Because again, I tailored my list just recently because I was teaching to new people how to play the game. So I didn't bring my stacked triple Frostlord list and stuff like that um, to those games. I brought... You know, some of my storm, uh, some of my guys against some stormcast and against some beasts of chaos, but I was using more Mornfang packs and things like that that aren't necessarily always sitting in my lists. Mm-hmm. It's and a lot of people I've also heard this argument: Oh, I don't like the meta. I, I don't play to the. I'm not. I'm not going to play to the meta. Well. In an oxymoronic kind of way, you're kind of making your own and joining a completely different subset. Because... It's true. There, are, There is going to be the main, here's how we're playing the game approach. And I'm going to use our example of Georgia and the Southeast as a whole as an example. Because we kind of do our own thing. We being the Southeast. Because you look at what happens globally, the GW posts about... And at least me, looking at it, goes, I'm sorry, excuse me? Uh, they're talking <laughs> Karajan Overlords taking top tournaments. And uh, I know I'm an exception because I just charge into things and they die. But, <laughs> but also, like, I mean... Trait Metal Cruncher is called Metal Cruncher <laughs> for a reason. Yes, yes, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm also saying, like, I've, I've played a fair share of games up against Karajan Overlords, and I'm not seeing where some of those damage numbers or whatever to to really take it are coming from, because sure, they can shoot a lot of things. They can pick off one unit per turn, but... Potentially, yeah. I mean... Potentially, says the two players that play the brick walls yeah, yeah. with spiky bits. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is like they they struggle against some of the heftier tar pitting type yeah. lists, and they can also be opened up by something like what I bring, which is just charge into you and deal tons of damage. Yeah. So how is our meta that different from what's seeing around the rest of the world? Because if they're weak to two things already. Are they just only ever facing against the that midpoint of the field? Now, I do want to make a quick point while we're talking about this, because this could very sound very quickly devolve into what sounds like a we're just going to completely crap on the armies that we beat the ever living crap out of on a regular basis. That's not what we're doing. It's just the example that comes up with GW surprisingly often on like their meta watch articles for age of sigmar is caradron overlords and i think the difference after looking at a lot of lists from the international scene outside of australia because they're actually very similar to what we do most of the international plays international meta is oh this is cool oh this is cool i'm going to take these two things and mush them together 
Meanwhile, we, again, we being the Southeast plus Australia, because that's another interesting pattern I've noticed, go, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is cool. I'm going to go with the first thing and dial it up to flipping 15 out of eight or nine, or dial it up to the maximum possible. Most of the, the lists don't just start following the thought a little bit and then get sidetracked. We go all the way to the conclusion and into the second book. It's true. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, are, are they up against those middling, like they didn't really decide where to go? And, and there's, there's definitely merit to going with a jack-of-all-trades approach across things. Uh, there, there is. And I definitely think that KO can excel and because they, they have incredible movement, they have solid damage, and they're okay on tankiness. But, like, again, that's kind of where I was coming from is, is that why they're on those meta watches? And does that change as some of the other big tournaments get back into swing in... 2021, 2022. Well, what's interesting is they keep saying, like, we don't have enough data, but they keep putting out MetaWatch articles. So there's also that inconsistency. Yeah. So they're probably using old data, mm -hmm. and they're putting this in. Because um, when you look at everything that we've been we've been running in, within our local uh, tournament scene, um, like the... Like King Nurgle spam that has been a thing for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, it that has not even been registered on anywhere. Nobody's it, running it because everyone's thinking like, like, oh, the uh, the Harbinger of Decay is actually terrible. It's like, yeah, technically he is, but it helps when you he, plant him in the middle of. 243 wounds of 60 Blight Kings. Yeah. 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 In the it, battalion, and again, battalions might be changing, so this might change that. But true. Nurgle as a whole has been a sleeper. A massive wall of fat. Yeah. It's just it's just there. Yeah. So just sit there, take your wounds, and if you if you move into it, hi, welcome to the blender. Yeah. And welcome to pain. Will it blend? And the answer is almost always. I mean, yes. you're literally going inside an acid target. Yeah. Like, it's either you're going to go in and do something, but also you're going to melt in the process. There's really no... Uh, like, the. that's when I think negative gameplay starts to develop when it comes to those kind of... Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of things. But also that's because that's the current meta that we're playing in is everything's based on winning on the objective line. Right. Which is why we're, at least when list building, we're trying to make as minimal amount of drops so that we go first, and then we take care of whatever we have to do and start generating points, alpha strike, whatever the gimmick is for the army. Because every army has its theme and thing that they do. Yeah. Now, another, this thought just kind of popped into my head, and I'm kind of surprised it didn't pop into my head earlier on this subject. We as a whole are a much more, I'm going to use the term competitive meta. It's more so a harder list meta than anything like that. And from what I can see, most of Europe 
is a much more casual sit down, have a beer, eat some pretzels, and play the game. Which makes sense, because like the main style of play uh, overseas has, for many years, particularly in AOS, has, has for years been the narrative play. That's what they've been in for. Um, and uh, GW, with Edition 3.0, is kind of talking about they're definitely interested in and are most excited for match play. Uh, which is a breath of fresh air um, and, and interesting. Um, but they're I, also not ignoring narrative. Right, they and aren't ignoring narrative for it. I, again, we're, I, there have been multiple people I have talked to locally that are part of the more casual meta here that the moment I start talking about how like they're changing, tweaking this rule, adjusting this rule because of blah that has happened in the tournament scene, they immediately t shut their brains off and go, oh, they're ruining the game to appease to the tournament crowd. No, they're just clarifying things on both ends so that that way there is more of a hybrid approach with them and they can keep more people... I'm going to use the term keep them happy even though there's probably some negative connotations to that phrase, I just can't think of anything better to phrase it. Well, I mean, right now, clarity is a a thing to strive for, and with the updates that we have seen, the glimpses of the new rules, the the fact that there are references, annotations, and and actual specific keywords that are like going to be almost in a glossary for you to be able to look up is amazing for me as being you know, a TO on occasion and and as a player because it means that it will hopefully make a lot of sense. And clarity means that even in your narrative play, you're able to do these things more accurately. And if it doesn't suit the narrative, ignore the rule. It's okay. It's your it's a narrative game. It's a story. Make your story. Yeah. I mean for the most part, um in narrative you you can just ignore certain things altogether and just run it as it is. Why do you have more heroes than this allotted? Because this guy is joined them on the journey at some point or whatever have you. But in the end, having people complain that the tournament scene is ruining narrative is it's just a, it's, a, it's false. Because in the end, whoever found the one big gimmick or the one loophole in the rules that causes something to happen that is essentially negative gameplay for on the receiving end obviously the one performing it is going to have a great time because they're ruining someone's day <laughs> but at the same time like for example like the gaunt summoner spam with being able to summon you know 10 uh 10 uh pink horrors of zinch uh, only the five, field. sir. Don't exaggerate. It's no, it was, it was ten. It, it was oh, it ten. was ten. You're it right. Was I ten. forgot about that. Yeah, it was ten. I blocked that out of my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that nightmare. And then because High of that, fifty wounds. Yeah, and it's like, okay, cool. So for essentially the model's cost, I, I'm able to put in fifty wounds worth on the table, at, for free. 
It's it's not great and, at killing things, but right. it will tar pit the ever loving crap out. And of you're and, not taking that objective. And sure, in the narrative setting, oh yeah, this would happen, but in the tournament setting, with them being able to identify that problem and removing it, and or rather not necessarily removing it, but adjusting it so that it's no longer a major issue, makes the narrative gameplay actually more enjoyable. That way, you don't have that zinch player that does that exploit exactly. and performs it on you over and over again and you can actually have a decent narrative game I'm just excited for Path to Glory because uh, hopefully the only Path to Glory we'll ever have is going to be in the General's Handbook instead of it being between the Allegiance abilities and the War Scrolls they... I hate to tell you but I mean <laughs> if they it's probably going to be there still it's, Well, if not expanded on right now Everything we have heard about Path to Glory has, and another tangent about Path to Glory has been, they are basically porting the 40k Crusade system into Age of Sigmar. With the right theming. With, with the, the right the theming. Updates. Again, they're, they're yeah. obviously changing what needs to be changed to make it fit in the Age of Sigmar rule set, but I am ecstatic about that. Narrative play and it does not mean there cannot be structure. And that's been part of the issue I've had with narrative play is it's been way too much of screw it, just do it. And I'm left sitting here just like, okay, but the fact that it's ruining the fun, none of this is making sense. This is hurting my brain. Ow. And yeah. certain factions has an upper hand when it comes to those things. Cities. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, cities I and, and then you have certain other factions that um, have, like, I believe it was the uh, Slaves of Darkness. The only way they can ever have a wizard hero is if they start the campaign with the Sorcerer. That is the only time they'll ever, ever be able to gain one. Yeah, and that's, that, and that's part of the thing that needs to be fixed. That will be fixed with probably the way they do, like, requisition points, whatever, however they theme that for, correct, um, like, gathering allies, or, or however they theme it for... Uh, the Path to Glory system. Um, but I was just going to say, likely in the Battle Tomes, they will have Path to Glory rules, just like there are Crusade rules in the new updated codexes for 40k. But it'll be flavorful stuff. You'll get all the generic stuff in the big rulebook, the BRB. Yeah. And the individual Battle Tomes will give you the flavor text. To take it from, oh, this is a cool system, to, oh my gosh, this is so cool, this is an absolute blast. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, we're back. We were talking about meta, uh, we got into a tangent about Path to Glory, and how I'm honestly excited about it. When those new rules drop, there's going to be three solid weeks of cramming for Lone Star, and then I really, really want to get in a Path to Glory campaign. Oh, definitely. Um... But speaking of, like, the whole idea of this meta talk that we've been doing, um, how do you think players should play to their meta? That's what I want to get us... I'm, I'm the one that came up with the topic idea, so I would love to get y'all's takes on how do you think players should play to their meta. My standpoint on that... Be aware of it. Acknowledge it. If you want to play 100% to it, awesome. Be my guest. 
If you want to play Jank, because Jank beats meta 90% of the time, you'd be surprised. Oh, it's a monster meta. Why are you running infantry? Because I can outnumber you on the objective and you can't kill me fast enough. What do you mean? Let's play a game. Oh, God! Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, whenever recognizing your meta, for the most part, you just kind of have to be a part of the hobby. You have to actually communicate with people. Uh, watch them play, watch them do their games, talk about their hobby, you know, hey, what are you working on? Hey, you're working on Nurgle, or you're working on this, you know, what do you usually play? Are you playing Big Monster Mash with, you know, BCR, or are you going to do the Mornfang thing? Or are you going to do the thing that nobody ever does, which is Sabres? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, are you running Lumineth? Are you doing uh, Seraphon, Sylvaneth? You know, whatever it is on yeah. your on the plate at your game store, uh, you're gonna end up having to kind of communicate with those people, and then from that, you can be like, okay, my army is really good at dealing with a whole bunch of monsters. So, with me being able to deal with a lot of monsters, if there's a lot of monsters in my current area. I'd be more than likely able to build around that. Um, and this applies to any kind of problem. Not necessarily a problem, but it's more like a challenge that's being presented to you from the opponents. Yes. Like, his uh, Mortec Guard have the ability to just didn't, uh, like reroll saves all the time. At a 3-up. Yes. With a 6-up shrug. Yeah. And, and potentially 6 to 9 of them stand up every one of my hero phases. And my solution to that is charge him and then use my command point to fight before he does that. And, and pole axe the unit. Yeah. Uh, he axes me a question every time we play. And my answer is always just Ow. pain. Owie? <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, I just do the, the you know, Team Rocket blasting off again. And that actually brings up an interesting point. You were talking about the meta. On the subject of meta and you mentioning pole axes, or me mentioning the pole axes because pain. The meta, generally for Fire Slayers, if I'm thinking right, most people will say, take the Broad Axes. It's consistent two damage weapons with a minus one rend. Now you, you take both. <laughs> you take a unit of each. Because you've got that Poleaxe unit that I've heard people look at your lists and go, why does he have Poleaxes? Yep. And I tell them every time, here's why. That's an example of jank kind of what I was saying. Jank beats meta sometimes. So definitely, yeah. I I def I personally don't think that that's a jank call. It's uh, not again generally again, the same way that we talked about. So chasing that rabbit down to to the number eleven or, or fifteen instead of being you know ending that volume at only eight. Or whatever. I totally mixed all the metaphors there, and that's yes, all right. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, but but you went basically. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, just because you can do that, doesn't even necessarily mean that that's the optimal thing to just say. Okay, this is always best right. because metas are organic. They are uh, constantly changing. Again, the, that talk about Karadran with the being good at the jack-of-all-trades type stuff, you have a Swiss Army knife in your army with the pole axes and the broad axes because of the ability to... Got a can opener in there. Yeah. Yes, he does. Because of that ability. And having played against it, and sure, it takes the lucky six, but, I mean, it's 
you throw enough attacks that you get plenty of luck. When you're rolling sixes. 40 dice, you're going to roll six or seven sixes, and that's 14 mortal wounds. And that's a ton of mortal wounds to just sling out at people. And, and very few that, things can survive that. That two damage is also great. Like, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, it's it's situational. Like, I've every time every time I have any advice for anyone that wants to participate in the Fire Slayer community or Fire Slayer army, um, and it's every time they're like, "Which one do I run?" I'm like, "Just run both." I mean, for the most part, at least the current, at least the current meta across like worldwide, hardcore berserkers are top tier. They're overly efficient. Uh, 120 points, five dudes. Uh, we spoken uh, yeah. on them a little bit earlier. For five dudes to have a six up feel no pain turns into a four up if there's a hero nearby. Um, they're part of a battalion that may or may not survive. We'll find out how that's going to go after July 3rd. Um, but until then, um, they have a battalion that lets them fight twice in the combat phase as long as one of the heroes is, is there, as long as they're wholly within 12 of one of the three heroes. So there's always more ways for them to get better. It's just that, like with the previous War Scroll, the alternative for that faction, for the faction is running Volkites, which you get bodies, and they're cheap as chips, technically. But putting them on the field, they don't survive. They just they're they're good at charging into something and throwing some shields at it and mm -hmm. hope you kill it. But it's still a one die per shield, and it's a six. So six is the it's, magic number. It's kind of like the same with my Mortec Guard. The meta for Bone Reapers, you can never go wrong with blocks of 20 Mortec Guard. They, again, a four save base, if you're running them in cat with Catacross, 90% of the time you're going to have a three up save for one discipline point, which are our version of command points. So all the stuff that says... I steal your command points. We don't care. We're going to care about the roar because it specifically says uh, the command abilities, not the command points being spent. Ow. Rerolling that three up with a six up. For 130 points for 10 dudes, they are arguably the best battle line in the game because they do solid damage, they are rock hard, and they stand back up. They are just a jack-of-all-trade in that you can't kill them before they kill you 90% of the time. I say that because I did have Marathi... Well, I had... No. <laughs> Marathi sat there until they were out of range of bubbles, and then she picked them up. But yeah. they stood there and just laughed at her for a turn, or yeah. a turn and a half. Meanwhile, I had 60 snakes shoot... Or 45 snakes shoot at me, and I was picking up units. They're not invulnerable, but most of the time, they're just going to kind of go, cool. Yeah. Um, so, and hey, I've got one of the most meta-call armies of all time. Can the monster trucks run things over? Yes, I won. No? Uh, ah, ow. <laughs> Stop yeah. it. I was supposed to kill you. Why aren't you dead? <laughs> yeah. But... That which is it's, dead cannot die. You cannot kill. <laughs> but that that's my main army. I just love playing with the big monsters. That's just my thing. But 
it's a meta call whether or not I'm going to take that to any tournament or anything of that sort. So I'm making that call for the times when I do bring it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm making that call when I bring it to a casual tabletop. Yeah. Um, but with all of that being said, you know, there are plenty of calls that you can make across your meta. Whether you want to go magic heavy with an awesome Zeech thing, whether you want to go movement and shooting with the Karajan Overlords, all the wounds ever that existed in this world and the next with either orcs or like savage orcs or Nurgle, there's so many ways to do this, and it's really about making that choice, diving deep, and enjoying building and changing your list to what you want to play. Absolutely. The enjoyment part cannot be stressed enough. Like, everything we're saying, if you take with a grain of salt, you can take it to heart, you can laugh at us and call us a bunch of morons, everyone's going to respond differently and have different thoughts on it. The f but at the end of the day, does it, it doesn't really matter if you're not enjoying what you're doing. The, your personal meta is whatever you have fun with. So, again, if you enjoy taking hordes of Volkite, go for it. If you want to run the save... Sir, I'm using this as an example of if it's what you enjoy, go for it. Just... Definitely. <laughs> I'm no. not saying it's going to be super effective, but just... Just don't. <laughs> Let GW give us play. new bottles. Just don't play them. Play it in narrative play. Yes, do that. Sure, do that. No, 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 just don't play them at all. <laughs> just don't play them at all and just have GW give us new models. But I do want to kind of wrap this up with one kind of hysterical story. You mentioning Savage Orcs reminded me of it. We have a, we have a good friend here at the store who plays Savage Orcs. Now, in the Auric War Clans book, the general meta for that army book is Iron Jaws. You take the do you take the Ard Boys, the Brutes, mostly Ard Boys. Seventy-five Ard Boys does hurt. John is running, or John is our friend. He is running Savage Orcs, specifically the Bone Grins, which is the you have to charge me. No, I don't care. You are charging the into combat with the orcs, period. He tabled Daughters of Cain, Snakes, and Marathi. Yeah. He, not many can do that. No, not many can do it at all. He tabled Snakes and Marathi. He, that is an example of Jank bending the meta over the barrel. I keep going back to Jank beats meta because people get wrapped up in, oh, if I'm, if I'm going to be able to be competitive, I have to be in the meta. I have to be in the meta. No, you don't. This man has a list. It's a gag list that terrifies me. It is 22 big stabbers. The, the models that are a pair of orcs carrying a tree trunk with a giant rock strapped to the front of it. That terrifies me. To no end, because he could just walk up and say, go away. And I'm picking up my units. I kill him. He goes, go away before he dies, and I pick up my units. Yeah, yeah, they get, they, they... These Savage Orcs are the most slept on part of that book, easily. They get to, they're one of the few units in the entire army that has Rend already, 
Um, and in addition to that, they, they do solid damage. And then if you kill them, they just throw their big stick and it still hurts you. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah. It's but, great. Like, people look past them because they don't have a rend. They go... Now, admittedly, again, I'm an extreme example. I've built my army around the concept of you can't kill me. But most of the time, I don't care what your saves are. When you're rolling 80 dice to save, those aren't the attack rolls. Those are the successful wound rolls you are now rolling to save and not die to. Math says you're gonna die. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. That, that's why I also <laughs> think that the, the Black Kings list, even if they lose the, the minus one rend, yes, it's important. They aren't, the, the meta is balanced around, or not the meta, the entirety of the game is balanced around minus one rend and a four up save. Let's face it. it yeah. All right? Yeah. The game, GW's designers balance it that way. If Even if they lose that minus one rend, I don't care what you have. You're still dealing with 80 to 90 attacks from that big thing because they just rolled five or six sixes that turned into six more hits each. And it's just crazy amounts of damage that comes from the, that unit. Now, I do foresee a an updated book for Nurgle coming down the pipe soon because they are now, them and Deepkin, to my knowledge, are the only armies that still have a 1.0 army book. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah, 100% correct. right. I was trying to remember if Deepkin released before or after, Deepkin, but they did. They, Nur- they released before. Maggotkin and but, Deepkin were the last two books of 1.0. Yeah. Stormcast and Nighthaunt were the first books of 2.0. Yeah, they were openers. They were the openers and suffer from first book syndrome. Definitely. Which, as we've kind of discussed a little bit earlier, the Stormcast are uh, getting some help. Finally. They need it. And And Sigmar, I guess. He's bringing me more good eating. (laughs) Bringing you the canned goods? More canned goods. Thank you, (laughs) please. Anyway, um, they're they're also spicier for me now, so I have to watch, you know, they might might pop in the mouth. Uh, Pop rocks. We have been... The Sage of Sigmar. I think we're pretty much ready to wrap up. I think we hit all our points for today. Yep. So, thank you all for listening in. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, make sure to check us out on all the major stream platforms for podcasts. Uh, we're going to be doing this weekly. If there's anything weird that goes on with that, we'll be making announcements hopefully the week before. But you can expect weekly updates, weekly videos. Um, quick thank you to Alan at Discover Games for letting us record in their store after hours. And I think that's it. Any any closing comments, gentlemen? Play the game. Have fun. We will see you next time, ladies and gentlemen.